season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigler and I'm the host. I'd like to welcome you back for week number four of season two. Today we've got Fort Wayne native, Carol Grad, um, Illinois State and Mississippi State alum, current Reds catching prospect Hayden Jones on the show. I really enjoyed today's conversation. We had a lot of transparent content coming from Hayden. Um, interview went a little over an hour long, so I'm pretty excited for that. Today we kind of discussed his recruiting process a while back, getting recruited by those Big Ten SEC schools. Um, we talk a little bit about Twitter coaches is what he likes to call them. Um, his his advice for players going through a, the agent selection process and the recruiting process. Also talked about the transfer process that went through from going from Mississippi State to a smaller school like Illinois State. Um, we talk about the draft coming out of high school a few years back and last season. Also talk, talk about the MLB Draft League that initially came out last year. His manager was Coco Crisp. He learned a lot of um, – Good information coming from him. We also talk about the agent selection process, as always, like I do with every player. Um, this this interview is also available on YouTube, so you might want to go check that out after you listen to this. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. So let's dig into the episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today I've got Cincinnati Reds prospect. Fort Wayne and Long, Fort Wayne native uh, Hayden Jones on the podcast. Hayden, I'm glad to have you on the show. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. I remember watching. I think you're a few years older than me, so I remember like hearing, uh, seeing your name in the newspapers. I'm from the Fort Wayne area, so I remember seeing your name in newspapers. Remember when you went to Mississippi State? But always been a big baseball guy, so I followed you pretty well. But um, one question I like to start off the podcast with, um, with for everybody is. For the people who don't know you, how would you describe yourself? Um, biggest thing is the leadership side. Um, kind of, I take control over that side more so now. And before, just as being a catcher, you have to do that. Um, but besides that, it's more so of a, I mean, I'll be your friend and everything if you give that back to me. Um I'm more of a relationship type guy. So, if, I mean, we, you don't want to go on that road. I mean, I can go opposite if that makes any sense. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm one of those that's we're a big, big uh, build that relationship with others. And, kind of, I mean, that's how you have to be in sports, especially with baseball as a catcher with pitchers. Um, but just getting to know guys and get your work done outside of, outside of the game itself. And, uh, I mean, like they say, best works when nobody's watching, and it's it's honestly a true thing. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how. I mean, hard hardworking. That's one thing. Is I mean, in, I'm in the cage. I'm a cage rat. Um, it's kind of weird to say, but it's one thing. I that's all I do is I'm always at the cage, um, doing stuff, doing practices, working with guys, stuff like that. Yeah. So I kind of want to I want to move it back a few years. Um, I want to dig into your recruiting process. I kind of like learning about how the recruiting process went for everybody. So how was that recruiting process for you? And kind of when did D1 teams start reaching out to you? It was kind of crazy. Um, my first offer was from Purdue, and that was eighth grade year going into freshman year. And I was the youngest kid that um, Doug Schreiber had ever offered. Um, and now my dad's coaching with him at Purdue-Fort Wayne. Um but yeah, so that was um, kind of when everything, or that was when everything just started piling in. Um, I think by about sophomore year, I had about 10 offers. And then by the time I committed, I had 18. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it was definitely a crazy time and lots that you learned about yourself and about others and other schools and kind of, you you started to notice stuff that was like, you, you heard what you wanted to hear and you could really pull that out. And there's a bunch of stuff that kids don't realize that. Um, but having a dad that played college baseball, coached college baseball at a D1 level um, and played professionally, you can, 
I mean, it's easy to pull that stuff out. Um, so that was one thing that was nice to have that other kids don't see um, or other families just don't realize. And I, I feel bad because there's buddy of mine that they they fell for that. And I mean, it's biting them about a little bit now. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a crazy time, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. So before Purdue offered you, like how long was it where you starting to get noticed by teams and how, like how many conversations did you have with Purdue before they actually offered you? Um, so I'll fill out, I was 14 playing an 18 year old tournament for a high school coach in town. Um, he just needed a, their catcher was out. So he just asked if I, I had the weekend open and everything. And it was the end of the summer. And I said, sure, like whatever. And, but his son played at Purdue and so contacted Doug and said, Hey, I got a guy. I didn't tell him the name because we're fan, our families were family friends. My grandpa and his dad started the IHSBCA together. Um, so we go way back. And uh, so he came out and I think I like back picked a kid on second twice, threw a kid out and hit two off the wall as a 14 year old would. Um, and so that just started the ball and he contacted after afterwards, he asked who it was and you know, crap, I know that kid. Um, and so he had me down for a visit and I believe it was the sec he had me down. We visit and everything and then the second visit he had me come down was when I got the offer um so it was like a two week within two weeks I got it um but yeah it was kind of other than that it was I mean they were the first school and then once they got in the mix and people started hearing my name that's when the wall started rolling yeah so when you went on that visit to Purdue kind of what can you take us through the process of what went on that day and kind of what goes on behind the scenes on those visits yeah, I mean, there's visits that are a lot different than others. Um, <clears throat> I had some really bad ones, and I had some amazing ones. Um, and But really, I mean, Doug goes about it the right way. And that's where, I mean, lots of kids want to see all the glitz and glamour and everything. But in reality, when you get to school, you don't get all the glitz and glamour that they show you. Um, I mean, I miss you say they show you all the glitz and glamour when you get there and or in the like you're in gallery shoes and everything. You don't get that stuff. Um, but I mean, he went about it in the right way and he still goes about it in the same way. Just, you know, goes around the baseball stuff and hey, this is what you have and lays it out there. He's straight to the point, tells you how it is um, and just shows you around and makes it feel comfortable. He's relaxed. He's not, he doesn't push and push to force you into anything. Um, and I mean, so after that, it was, it's kind of more so some people do it differently, but I, I want to see the academic side. Um, so he made it to whatever the major I wanted, which was turf management. And we met with some people um, and kind of just hit on every single area. And I, I probably visited Purdue 25, 30 times um, just to really just get to know him and his staff and um, sit down with the players, pick their brains. Cause at the end of the day, it's, I mean, you're signing, you're signing away your life to these guys um, for at least four years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, that's kind of what we did on every single visit. And like I said, you learned a lot about different coaches and um, their character as a team was so so you said you had you said you had a couple bad visits you don't have to name drop but kind of what like what made those bad visits actually bad visits um (laughs) very big very very well-known baseball school um but i mean talking you're sitting in the office for five hours straight back-to-back visits and pressuring into committing on the spot um and same thing with my grandpa passed away and um, like the next week was Thanksgiving and um, on Thanksgiving, it was being pressured into doing it. It's like, you don't, um, you just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a big school or not. Like you just got to find where you're comfortable and everything and you can't fall for the pressuring stuff. And that's where the biggest thing you've seen kids nowadays commit right off the spot to the biggest school it's like you got you got plenty of time you can wait so I wait till junior year you can wait junior you can wait to right before senior year you've got plenty of time um but 
there's a lot of kids falling for the pressuring stuff because the schools can get away with it. Yeah. I've had, I've, it's funny that you say that. Cause I've learned that, that these past few interviews that I've been doing, I had one guy, he's, he's in the, um, his episode, I think is going to drop February 18th. His name's Josh Mitchell, but he's in the twins organization now. And he was saying how UNC was like, Hey, we're going to offer you, but you got to, you got to commit like next week. And mm-hmm. he said, he's like, that just wasn't for him. But there are like, so I'm like over, as I'm looking over like the PBR, like top tens for like the, just the state of Indiana. I mean, there's some guys in the class of 24, 25 who are already committed, which I did for a while. I thought that was just like, Oh, that's crazy. I didn't realize before I started like meeting with some of these players that that was kind of normal to be offered and like committed at that such a young age. Yeah. That's, I mean, I had buddies that did that and everything. And I mean, I wanted to commit to Kentucky to Gary Henderson, which is the reason why I committed to Mississippi State was because of Gary Henderson. Um, but I wanted to commit to him at Kentucky my sophomore year. I was on a visit. They had a game. And I'm, and so I'm like, I told my parents, I'm like, I'm, I want to go here. Um, and my dad told me, no, you're waiting. Not you're waiting. Because he knew that coaches were changing and um, that stuff happens at the end of the like, – I forget what certain time it was. Um, that normally coaches either get out, get released, stuff like that. And I mean, it happened. So it worked out for me. Um, but it's one of those that kids are jumping at the bullet and there's you, you, you're driving the ship. Um, I set my commitment date and I told every single coach once they offered me, I'm like, Hey, I'm committing. Um, and look, I, it was a day before school started my junior year. That's all I'm like, that's my, that's my date. I'm not committing any earlier. If you don't respect that, all right, yeah. then it's not for me. Um, because, I mean, you you can wait. If you want me that bad, you will wait. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those that yeah. you got you to do what's best for you and not – you can't just fall for the peer pressure. Yeah. So after after that first offer you mentioned Purdue, what were some of the other schools that came rolling in after that? And overall, how many like what were the different schools that offered you before your junior year? Um, before junior year, I had Michigan State, Xavier, Miami of Ohio, Louisville, uh, Mississippi State, um, Liberty, Kentucky. Oh gosh, you you don't have to you have to mention all. I'm trying. It's so long. I used to have them like memorized. Yeah. Uh, Like by the time I committed, I'd had uh, UNC, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Um, I had told Arizona State they were they were late in the mix. I knew where I was going, Um, which we knew him. We knew Tracy, so he kind of he understood that. Gosh, I can't even remember uh, most of them. Cincinnati. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of right now. Gosh. Yeah. So you said before your junior year, those were the schools that offered you. So when you committed, there were schools that continued to offer you? No. So they – I mean, I called every coach um, – and I can be right before I made it public and everything. I called every single coach said, Hey, um, thanks for the time. Um, but I'm going to Mississippi state. Yeah. Uh, so one of those that they kind of respected that and they didn't really push it too far. Um, but no, that no one really got in the mix after that. They kind of just right. understood. Yeah. So what, what was it at Mississippi state that made you initially choose them? Gary Henderson. Okay. Uh, he's one of the best out there. Uh, we, when he was at Kentucky, we bond or bond, I guess you could say bonded. We clicked um, as he was a pitching coach. Um, I mean, he had me calling, calling pitches and one of the scrimmages just, I thought he was just like, just having fun with me or like, you know, just screwing around or something like that. And, he said after he goes, that's, that's, maybe that's what I want is I wanted to see what your thoughts were. And I'm like, Oh, like, I didn't think of that. I was just thought I was just, he was, you know, just 
playing a game or something. Yeah. And so that that's what really clicked is he was like a father figure. Like I, I could call him at any time. Um, after every game, I'd call him and he would just talk. And um, he's just one of the best dudes out there. Yeah. Um, both as a coach and as a just a person in general, you can they will be there for you. Yeah. Um, but no, he he's the one who the reason I went there. Okay. So you ended up spending one season there at Mississippi State. So kind of what was that season like for you? Um, it was kind of a eye opener. Um, kind of one of those that you learned a lot so that later on you knew how to handle things. Um, so obviously I went in there, I was catching beginning season. I was catching like the Sunday games, like DH Saturdays. Um, I think I played like 27 started 14. I think it was something like that. Um, so as a freshman at the SEC, I mean, that's a decent amount. And I mean, do I wish I could, I would have played more. Yeah. But I mean, it's SEC and it was a freshman year. Um, so it wasn't, that was that. I mean, it was a good time. It was enjoyable and everything. Um, and I mean, being able to see the college life for the first time, I mean, you had the college or the high school being at a big high school and everything like that, but college is a lot different um, experience wise, like the football game, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that was it. That was cool and everything. Going to the College World Series, that was neat. Not not everyone gets to experience that. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a eye opener. Kind of just open opens everything up, really. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you were a freshman that played quite a bit in the SEC level. What was it that kind of made you transfer to Illinois State after one season at Mississippi State? Um, that's biggest thing was uh, the co- the coaching staff. Um, really just didn't click. Um, Lamonis was at IU and they, they didn't really recruit me there, but I wasn't a big IU fan or anything like that. And I didn't really want to go there. Um, and we just, I guess the bond or the relationship wasn't there and we couldn't get it. Um, and there was a lot of changing going on that I couldn't have that wasn't being explained, um, whether it was mostly like in your swing or something like that. And it just wouldn't, it wouldn't get explained basically of why we're changing this or what what's the plan. Um, and that's the biggest thing. Like in pro ball now, it's like, there's a plan. I mean, I, I changed my swing when in instructs and uh, there was a plan, like, this is why we're doing it. This is what you'll see. Like, so there, there was a map of everything. There was video we had that it's just it wasn't being used and um and it wasn't there to help or it wasn't being explained basically and that's the biggest thing I, I need is I've got to be I'm a visual learner I gotta see before I just change something on the spot um and that's that's when I kind of drew my last draw is just the relationship wasn't there I tried getting it there um and things were just I was just being told to change and I got the feeling that if I didn't change then or do what they wanted, then, I mean, obviously you're not going to go where you want to, but it's one of those, you're in control of your career. So you've got to have that, that say in your game. Yeah. So can you kind of take us through the process of when you decided, Hey, you know, I wanted to transfer until when you committed to Illinois state. Yeah. So it was a uh, day I went in there. It was like a three hour thing where I was in there in the office told him I wasn't leaving or I was leaving um, and tried to get me to stay and everything, but it was just one of those that it was best for me to leave. Um, and it was about five hours later, my name was in the portal and IU and um, Illinois State had called and set up visits and everything. So five hours later, I've already got two schools. Um, and all the JUCOs came out of the woodwork and everything. And I'm not a JUCO guy. I don't, I'm not huge on that. I don't, I mean, I know guys love the JUCO route and everything. I just don't think it's the best route. Um, I, that's, that's my, my side of things. Um, 
so I knew I wasn't going to go that route. I told my agent, I'm like, I'm not going Juco. Um, and I'll just sit out the year and kind of just forget everything that was said and just become the player I was, um, which that was all agreed. And everyone I asked, the scouts I asked, I knew they agreed with that. Uh, they told the scouts were the ones who told me that you need to get out of there. Um, and so it's, it worked, it worked out for me and it's the right decision I need to do for my, my career. Yeah. So you had, you had two offers, right? You said Indiana, Illinois state. Yeah. Those were the two I okay. found. The, those were the two I felt comfortable. I knew where I was going to go. Yeah. Um, just cause. Did you take a visit to Bloomington? Yeah, so I visited, I actually visited, I flew in, and the next day I visited um, IU, and then it was Thanksgiving, and then I visited uh, Illinois State. Okay. Uh, so what, what made it, what, what, what about Illinois State made it, that's where you wanted to be? Um, the relationship I had with Wally Crancer um, when he was at Purdue uh, was built and everything and felt really comfortable with him. Um, and that's kind of where everything started and then let in, I, I trust him with everything. Um, then Steve was there and I knew they were real close and everything. Uh, he played professional and in the bigs with um, giants, and everything like that as a catcher. So that all that held out. And I'm like, that's, that's where I need to be. That's the right things, right steps. Um, they were relaxed. Um, and so it all, it all just felt right. Yeah. Now I had a lot of buddies at IU and uh, they all gave me crap that you should have came here and stuff like that. And uh, so it's, that was the one hard pull that was for at IU, I should say um, that I really want to go there for that. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. You got I'm trying to think that Tommy summer. Uh, you had I'm trying to think of it at the time Cole Barr I knew a little bit I didn't like know him personally or anything um, Grant Richardson um, oh Tucker gosh I'm drawing a blank I don't know why I'm drawing blanks right now it's it's all good <laughs> but no I, I, I mean I knew a decent the guys and everything from playing with them in the fall so it's that was a pull there um that Illinois State didn't have so yeah so you ended up playing you went to Illinois State in 2020 right yes okay so really that COVID season you don't you can't really count that but how was your 20 how was last season in 2021 at Illinois State how was that for you um it was good it was uh again an eye-opening thing um it was kind of frustrating. Um, yeah, it was kind of just frustrating, kind of eye-opening. Um, beginning of the season was enjoyable. I saw it. I was, I mean, I was, I would text my parents like, hey, this is, this is where we're seeing it. Like, this is why I did this. Yeah. Um, I the first, I caught the first 90 innings straight, um, was on our team doing, we where you start seeing me get taken out and stuff like that. And that's kind of where everything just started. The ball started, or snowball effects started to just disintegrate and just go everywhere. Um, so that, that was kind of tough and frustrating to see and go through and stuff like that. But, I mean, it worked out and everything. Yeah, yeah. So let's turn just a little bit to the MLB Draft League. Obviously, the MLB Draft League, was I, that was the first season last year. So kind of, can you take us through the process of how you ended up playing in that league and how that's helped you um, ended up signing with the Cincinnati Reds? Um, yeah, so I was actually, I was supposed to be going to Cape Cod and it switched the last like, oh, I forget how many, like probably like two, three weeks before our season ended. Um, and I was just going to, I was going to get more games in before um, the draft. So I'm, yeah, that's fine with me. I'm like, whatever. It's closer to home, too. And uh, so I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So I get there. And actually, Garrett Shanley, a buddy of mine, he was already on the team. So I called him. I'm like, you know anything about this draft league? Yeah, I'm playing in it. I'm like, okay. Like, all right, it'll be fine. 
And uh, no, it was a great experience. Um, I mean, having a manager of Coco Chris, you can't really pass that up. Um, but Ron May, hey, our pitching coach. Um, it, it, yeah, it was, it was definitely an experience that you definitely got the pro ball experience um, and treated like a professional, especially on the fan side, um, going to different, going to different venues, um, stuff like that. It was, you were a professional that yeah. wasn't a professional yet. Yeah. Um, so can you kind of take us to what the daily routine was for like a home game? And then let's say you hop on the bus and for a road game, can you kind of take us through those routines? Home game was a little bit. Home game was a little different. It was so Garrett Shanley and I actually roomed together, okay. and that was just the two of us are like brothers. Like we will fight like brothers, and we will just pick on each other. But at the same time, we like he's one of my best friends, yeah. and uh, so we roomed together. And so I'm the one who I'm like a night owl, and it pissed him off. Um, I would stay up till about like one in the morning. And I'd be able to wake up at. 11 12 yeah. and uh where he was the one who he would fall asleep at like midnight maybe a little bit later but wake up or super early and uh so most most home games we would usually wake up about like one and get to the field at like 3 30 for like a seven seven o'clock game um and everything would just be pushed earlier for an earlier game kind of yeah. um yeah, it was that was kind of it. We and we'd get up, shower, and literally we would go to Subway pretty much every single day, um, which he did not like. <laughs> and, but that was the routine we got into, and it worked for us. And but no, then you get to the field, you kind of just sit around for a little bit. Which I, I mean, I like getting places early, and especially baseball field. I'm kind of known I'd get there two hour, like an hour and a half earlier than other guys would um just because I'd rather be there and be relaxed instead of being rushed and yeah. feel like I'm gotta get into something and uh so we get there we'd just sit around and he's a pitcher so he had nothing for like three four hours so that yeah, made him so mad um but no so you, you kind of just get there get stuff on get get your work in whether it's in the cages stuff like that and it's and again it's the same thing pro bowl it's um it's a four you have to have like your coaches are always there with you in pro bowl because obviously they invested in you um but now you get your work in and then then goes into on-field like bp type stuff like that you get fed um hang out the guys do bp come back in hang out the guys more um and then it's game time um, so it's, it's kind of, you've taken care of business training room after BP type stuff, if you need it. Um, so it's kind of just taking care of business, taking care of your body, what you need. Um, but being relaxed while you do it. Yeah. So if you were given this opportunity again, you would definitely, would you, would you join the MLB draft league? If you had the opportunity again, like if you'd go back in the past? Yeah. I mean, it was a great, great league, especially for the first year and everything. Um, it was definitely very well ran. Um, I mean, I probably want to go Cape to get the experience and everything, but it was one that the talent in it was great. Um, and you're, you're treated like a professional, yeah. which, I mean, that's what you want before draft and everything. Um, I know they made some changes to the league and everything, so I don't know what that's going to look like or um, how that is, but how it was ran when I was there, it was very well done. So. So you mentioned Coco Chris was your manager. I had a few questions lined up for that as well. So what were some of those key things you learned from Coco? And what was it just like overall having one of those former former pretty no, well-known players as a manager? And there was a lot. I mean, this is this will go into what you see on Twitter, and I call it Twitter coaching and stuff like that, which just drives me nuts. Um, but, like, on the, te- on the tech side of stuff um, – I remember I was in the dugout one day or I was going up to hit and he pulls me over and he goes, what do you, what do you look at on this? Like the sheet that had all like what pitches, what percent, when does he throw this pitch, whatnot? And uh, he goes, what do you look on that on this? I go, I said, how many fastballs he throws and does he throw it early in the count, late in the count, but I just want to know the fastball and what other off-speed pitches does he have? 
And I go, that's all I want to know. And he goes, okay, why? I'm like, because if you get up there, and that's what all these other kids in Twitter thinks, like, oh, all, they have all these stats and everything on every single pitch and everything. Like, our our brains aren't good enough. Like, we, you get up there, and if you're thinking, all right, it's 75% chance he's throwing a curveball here, like, you're not you're not hitting the ball. I'm sorry. Um, and so I said, I find I'm ready for the fastball. That's the that's the one I want to hit. Like I know I can drive that one. Um, and so I'm gonna attack that one early in the count. All right. And I go, well, what did you do? He goes, same thing. And so he goes, if you know if you know too much going into that bat, you're you're just gonna be out of it. And I'm like, okay, at least I, I know I'm on the right track and everything. I, feel better now um but he the way he went about it was very relaxing you got to know him very well he he bought the clubhouse a ping pong table and uh he actually was a professional ping pong or, or in college he was a um oh i forget what it is but he played ping pong at college um at oh we're at southern university and so he like, he had his own paddles that he had his wife uh, ship him or something like that. And he would play us. We had a tournament and he destroyed everybody. It was unreal. Um, but no, it was one of those that he, you built a relationship and that's what you, that's what you need. That's what the college at going into college is what you need. Um, now are your college coaches going to be playing ping pong with you? No, but I mean, he built a relationship with everybody um, and got to know him. I knew him better than some other coaches I've had um, and vice versa, but no, he kept it cool. Um, but also tell you a lot the, I mean, the first week I was there, I was standing next to him and he, he was talking it up and I was talking to talking game with him and stuff like that. And it was just very, he was very open to everything yeah. and just wanted to help us out. Yeah. So was that draft league, was it over by the time the draft started or was it, did it, those kind of overlap a little bit? They overlapped. So it, like draft was, we had a week break. Okay. Uh, so that during draft and then the guys went back and played another, like, I think it was like another month, maybe a couple of weeks or whatever. Um, yeah. So heading into the, the last year's draft 2021, what were your thoughts? Had you had some previous conversation with teams? Did you think you were going to get picked? Can you kind of take us through that? Yeah, so uh, I knew like going into season or going into college season, I was projected a lot. I mean, I was like 26 overall, something like that. So I'm like going into season, I'm like, all right, I'm looking at for a second round. Um, I knew I wasn't going to get that after the season and stuff like that. Um, but I talked to my agent and he said, I think it was like two weeks before he was, we got 10 teams day two or three. I said, all right, and like, yeah, I'm fine, let's go. Uh, and so I, I had had the talks and everything. I had teams calling um, literally the day before draft. I remember the Phillies called, um, the Orioles called. So, I, I mean, I had – I was like – I felt comfortable. I was like, all right, we're, we're going. And uh, so, yeah, so obviously draft came. <laughs> day two – I, I thought it would be like late if that, and he, my agent texts me and he goes, day three, I've got 10 teams um, that, that they have you, like they're taking you tomorrow. I'm like, all right, yeah, like I just take me, like whatever. Um, and then like 15th round came and I text him, I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, the, they literally just went up, like the opposite direction is what they told me. I'm like, all right, like whatever. And, 18th round came like oh my gosh and then 20th Miami offered me um and it just wasn't enough for a draft pick to um, go so I'm like I told him like so he up he told them what we would take and he it just didn't work out like that which was fine um and then literally five minutes after your draft uh he called me up and said hey Reds want you will you take free agent? I said, yeah, like, like absolutely. Or I didn't say absolutely like right then, but so it took me about two days and it was one of those that that's what fit me fit best. And I just needed to go play professional ball. I was, honestly, I was tired of the college ball um, and how 
everything kind of when I went through and stuff that just, that's just not the type of player I am, I guess. Um, and if I could go back, I'd probably, I mean, I learned a lot going through the college stuff and it helped me mentally and everything. Um, but I would, I would much rather just sign out of high school. Um, and I, I wanted to go to college to experience it and play um, and win. And, but I would, I would, I would have signed out of high school and lowered my offer value. So did you have, did you have draft, you had draft conversations with teams out of high school, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What were those like? Was there, was there a difference at all from coming out of high school to last year? Yeah, a little bit. They, they knew it was going to take a lot to pull me from Mississippi state. And so I was looking where I could have gone early in the draft, but teams knew that it was going to take a lot to pull me away. Um, which is a security thing for high schoolers, especially. Um, and so it was one of those, I had a team call and, hey, if you'd have taken lower, we would have had you in the first day or two. Um, I'm like, well, crap, but it didn't, we, it didn't hit the number that we had. Set. And I, I trusted that and everything. And it, it was for the right reason. I completely agreed with it, still do. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I had, I mean, I had every single team, but maybe like two, I think it was, that came for an in-home visit, um, which I think like every, every kid has that, that's going through the draft process. Um, so it's, the ball was rolling. It was going in the right direction. It just, everything was lined up with uh, Coach Henderson down at Mississippi State. He was still the coach and everything. Um, so was, I was like, that's where I'm going. Like, you're going to have to pull me from there. Um, and they weren't able to do that. Yeah. But yeah. So what were some, you said you had in-home visits with 28 teams. What were some of those in-home visits like? Um, a lot of them were just getting to know, like me getting to know their organization and them getting to know me kind of, um, finding more about getting to know the family, more so getting, knowing what they're getting, um, or would get and kind of answering any questions we had. Uh, I mean, there were sometimes there were some tests you had to take. I remember doing that on the kitchen table. Um, no, yeah, it was kind of get to know you like first day type stuff with your with your teacher. Get to know, um, but build that relationship. Start early. Do stuff face to face, not through text, not over the phone, stuff like that. Yeah. So going back to last year's draft, you said the Reds offered you like five minutes after the draft, but you took two days to wait just to see. What, what happened? Were there other teams that offered you during those two days? No. So I, the main reason was just to make sure that's what I want to do. I mean, that's a huge, I mean, getting taken in the draft is different than being taken free agent wise. Um, and so I just want to make sure that was the right decision to go and see if there, if there was any thing that was pulling me to go back to college or back to school. And, uh, there was nothing pulling me to go back to school, nothing. And uh, so that's when I knew I was like, yeah, this is definitely the decision I want. Um, so, yeah, that was I just wanted I'm one of those that like I committed. I committed. I told him when I was going to. Um, and my agent told me, he goes, hey, they just give him a decision by like two days. I said, all right. So I used both of those days and kind of contacted um a red scout that Ben Jones, he's now on the big league side. I was contacting him, you know, picking his brain, some other guys who are in kind of like the agency world now that I knew when they were scouts. Yeah. Um, just in other scouts now with, I mean, Mike Farrell at the Royals. Um, I called him just, hey, is this the right decision? And I mean, they kind of just talked me through it and just, hey, if you, I mean, they helped make my decision all in all. So, yeah. Yeah. So when you did decide to sign, when you decided signing with the Reds is what I want to do, how long was it until you were in Arizona signing the contract? It was, I think I might be completely wrong, but I'm thinking that the draft was either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or something like that. But we, they flew me out Thursday of the week 
And I remember I only had from the time draft was, I think it was three, maybe four days. So I don't know where that puts draft. Um, so it was a very quick process of everything, um, which, I mean, honestly, it was nice because you got back out there and everything on the field. Um, well, not on the field yet. We had, we had like a two week span where we were doing kind of like basically nothing. Um, just building us back into it, I guess, with physical stuff like that um, and taking us slow. Obviously, a lot of us came off of a long college season, stuff like that. So uh, that that kind of was one of those, it's like, I just want to go play, like, come on. But, I mean, we went about it the right way, which is nice. So, yeah. so it took you two – so after signing the contract, it, it was like a two-week – you said two-week span before you started playing ball? Yeah, so I wasn't activated until – probably the third week and I was a, I was like the second or third guy activated um and so it was it was a while for guys to start getting rolling pitchers took a little bit longer um but no it was it, it took a while it was like aggravating but at the same time it was you're like I know what they're doing and stuff like that so yeah so what were some of your key takeaways from last season your first uh, pro season um Biggest thing was just like controlling what you can control. I mean, going in there, I was, they had it set up. So like the, our guys, like the draft class guys, mainly except for like the first rounders, um, we were going like every Friday playing, um, at least catcher wise, kind of, they already had some catchers there. And again, we had just caught during the season and stuff like that. so that was that was kind of frustrating. You get in there and it's you see, you see a ninety four coming by if, for the first time in a week and you're like oh gosh like all right there it is um, but so you kind of could you they made sure you could handle failure and enjoy success when it was there um, so that was kind of the nice thing that I mean I went through it in college and everything but it was like all right, it's going to happen in Pro Bowl. So that that helped out big time. So when I went back out for instructs, um, like I talked about, um, Cammy, one of our hitting coaches, and Jordan Stauffer, um, they're some of the best. I know Cammy just got a big league job with uh, the Phillies, so I was disappointed with that one. And uh, But they helped me with getting my swing to where it, it needed to be. And uh, Eric Davis also helped in that. So that was kind of cool to – you know, pick a brain of someone that's pretty decent. And, uh, and so it was one of those that things worked out and took it and they helped me. That's like, I miss you say it didn't work out. Just everything just wanted to be changed and not explained or have a plan, but they, they had a plan right now. Um, this is, this is why we're doing it. Um, and stuff like that. And they, I mean, it bettered me in the long run for, I mean, I haven't felt this good since, I can tell you, like, probably high school in the hitting side. Um, it's just consistency, finding that. Um, and then doing stuff on your on your own. I mean, the catching side, there was stuff that was changed as well with Corky. Um, and so it was kind of stuff that needed to be changed and um, that helped me in the long run. And But, again, it was professionally done. It was planned out talked about this is why we're doing it back and forth conversations type stuff like that and they made it comfortable again you're in your control of your career but again they they own you so um but no that helped and but other than that that i took out is you get your own work in on your own time Um, so whether it's a lift uh, stuff like that eating right speed work um, training room type stuff um, just getting your stuff done and you don't need to promote it or anything like that. You see guys out there, saw a tweet the other night, um, Joe Burrow put out like get in the weight room. You don't need to put it on social media when you do. And I thought that was just absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, Cause you see so many guys getting in the weight room and they got to post a picture that they're in. And it's like, just go get your work done. Yeah. Um, if you do enough, I mean, the, the process is going to show on the field. So exactly. Yeah. And so I see high schoolers in there, they're taking pictures of themselves. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't say anything. It's just, yeah, you, you do you, but no, it's one of those that's, I mean, as 
as a professional, you, that's how you do things. Um, and, you know, it goes a long way. So you, you figure out how to, how to go about your business each day. And I mean, like my days consist of baseball. That's if I'm not with my fiance, it's baseball stuff. Um, and so it's, it's one of those that you learn quick and it's a, it's a lot more enjoyable. I say with not having to deal with school stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, how, <clears throat> how long were you in Arizona before like the off season kind of started? How was your first pro off season? I was, so it went like the season end of minor league season. And then it was a week break where I came home and then they flew me back out for instructs. And that was for another month. Um, and then beginning of oh gosh what month was it? i forget what month it was that they sent us back home um and i was back here literally that month ended and i was home the next day yeah. um, then after that it was the way i got home took a day off and i was back in the cage doing work um where do you work so it's, uh the ash center um my dad rents up there um so i we just go up there and hit and then um kind of just do our own stuff and then he goes he has Purdue Fort Wayne so I go and I'll I help their catchers out help their hitters I don't try to get in I mean I'm just there kind of just watching and getting stuff in like standing in on their uh, bullpens and stuff like that seeing some spin and everything um, but if I I mean I've got relationships with those guys now and they like that pick my brain a little bit and I'll just throw them stuff that I, I know I've learned or I've learned along the way, basically yeah. that help them out. Um, and so that's, that's the one nice thing is I can now give back to those guys that want to get to where I'm at type yeah. stuff. Yeah. So when do you head back to Arizona for the season for spring training? Uh, March, March one, we finally were told. So that was nice to know. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did the, so the lockouts kind of affected you in that way is not knowing when you're going to be there for training or. So, um, I'm not sure if usually they hold it back that, I mean, we found out, um, February 1st, they sent us email, but I mean, they, I don't know if that's because of the lockout. I, I really don't yeah, know. You don't, you, really, you don't really know the difference because it's your first. Yeah. Yeah. First year. And this whole, it's just a mess with the lockout. Yeah. I mean, the lockout shouldn't affect us too much. The only thing that's weird is like the stuff that they're trying to get is for minor leaguers. Yeah. So I don't know how it wouldn't affect us, but Hey, if we get to go out there and play, I, I don't care. So. Cause I just, I always felt like growing up whenever I, I would see like pitchers and catchers would report like, mid-February so I wasn't sure if March 1st if that was thrown back or not so I mean I don't know I was just curious yeah I, I know March 1st is pitchers catchers and then um it's like the ninth I think it is that um position players come in okay, okay. So. What, what are some of your goals for this upcoming season just personally um personally is one controlling our control and kind of just getting out there and be the main guy wherever I am. Um, I've shown in the past in instructs uh, the player I can be. And I mean, that's, that's a top level player. Um, so, I mean, my, my, ins the way I played in instructs was the way I played the summer before playing at Illinois state. It was one of those where I went off um, and played, I played great. Um, so, it's one of those as a free agent, you, you have to show what you can do um, and quick, basically, because you don't have as much security behind you. And so it's one of those I just want to go out there, have fun um, and learn from mistakes I make is, I mean, you're going to make them and I mean, you still do. Um, but it's more of a quick turnover now that, I mean, all right, I made a mistake. All right. It's not like yeah. you learn right there and then. Um, so it's one of those that I just I want to take over. I want to run with it and be be one of the main guys. And and that's the whole goal. That I mean, when I signed, that was a goal. Um, that'll always be it. Yeah.
So where, so obviously you're not there till March 1st, first, but do you kind of have an idea of where you'll be? Like, do you think you'll start the year out in Daytona, Dayton, or do you think you'll be in extended spring training? What's your kind of. They, so they told me it was, I think it was before instructs um, that it was either Dayton or Daytona. Okay. Um, I mean, and again, who knows? I mean, they could tell me I'm going to Timbuktu and I would be like, okay, like I don't, there's no team there, but um, so it's one of those, I, I mean, you have to perform at spring training and stuff like that. And then they show, they tell you where. So it was, it's kind of nice knowing it's one of those two spots at least. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to transition a little bit. I kind of want to dig into your agent selection process. I don't know if you've looked in me at all, but I'm trying to become an MLB certified agent once I graduate. So I kind of like getting to know from all the players, like just the player side of things, what made you choose your agent, stuff like that. So uh, when was it that agents and advisors kind of started reaching out to you? <clears throat> it would have been my sophomore year. Yeah, I think sophomore year. Um, they started reaching out. And I didn't make a decision until um, my freshman year of college. Okay. So did you go like, through high school the high school the draft after your high school senior season you went through that without an advisor um yes and no I kind of was like working with two guys at the time basically um as advisors I mean they the draft process everything through teams was going through my family and I but they were advising me through it um so that that kind of helped and I learned on both sides which which one was the right pick and everything. So, yeah. So when you were going through that process of picking an advisor slash agent, like what were some of those key things you were looking for, and what put your agent that you have now what put him on top? Um, biggest thing is same thing with um, the college the college coaches is the relationship. Um, I mean, you're you're basically hiring them. Um, where college coaches, you're finding the guy who you want to play for. Um, so you got to find that right fit. Same thing with agents, like who's going to stick their neck out for me? Um, who's going to be there for me? Um, type stuff like that. Um, so that's that's where, I mean, I had two great guys, and it's just the one organization didn't work, work for me as well as yeah. Yeah. he did. That's, I mean, it's completely fine, and it worked out and everything. So. So what agent did you actually choose? Oh, uh, John from Maniac with Apex. Okay, okay, I've heard his name quite a few. I've I've heard his name quite a bit. Um, but for like any of the collegiate players listening, going through the same process of just picking an agent, like what advice would you give them? There's absolutely like no rush and everything. And um, again, like I said, I waited until freshman year of college. Um, I mean, unless you're a top you're being told right now you're going to be a first rounder. I don't see there's a need for one out of high school right away. Um, <clears throat> just cause I mean, that's my side, but I also had a dad who played professionally. Yeah. Um, and so he knew he could take me through it. Um, we set the number, we set the number high because we won security and I was going to play for Gary Henderson and that, that they had to take me away from there. Um, so we kind of had it in control and everything. So it's kind of just like the college thing, being in control of your own thing. Um, it's the same thing with the professional side. Um, yeah. Do they have a little bit bigger voice and things? Yeah. But you're still the one who they've got to get to say yes. Um, so it's kind of, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, it's one of those that don't, don't fall for the pressure or anything like that. Um, and find the right guy. It's one of those that they're going to have a lot come out of the woodwork. And if, if my biggest thing is if they reach out to you and send you a message on social media, they're not the guy. Yeah. Um, if they send you an email or reach out in text to set something up, set a phone call up, set a meeting up, that's a, that's a good guy. Um, I hate the social media stuff. Um, and, but kids are now going to that. I tell kids all the time, like, just get off social media. Like, honestly, like 
I see all the Twitter coaching and everything. It's kind of getting off the topic, but I see all the Twitter coaching is you see that. And I mean, some of our coaches in the organization, they make fun of the Twitter guys that are trying to teach hitting and stuff like that. It's just like, they have no idea what they're talking about, but all these kids and dads are falling for it and stuff like that, which I mean, so be it. I mean, if yeah. you want to fine, but it's Twitter, it's Twitter coaching. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned like the social media DM, like an agent reaching out that way. Was there anything else that agents did that kind of was like, like did not impress you whatsoever? No, really. That was the only thing um, that was a red flag to me. I wouldn't respond to DMs for agents. Um, that was, I guess it's a respect thing that I'm not going to go and find. I mean, if a coach DM me, I'd be, I mean, they, they can find your number. Yeah. You're, your number's all out there, your information's all out there um, for them to be able to get to. Um, so it's, they should be able to text you, call you instead of direct message on Instagram. Um, it's a more professional way. And that's where in a, getting an agent is a professional thing. It's not a friend that you get. Um, that's that's kind of how I looked at it, how my family looked at it. It just wasn't impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So to end off the podcast, let's kind of move away from baseball a little bit. Let's talk about some, what are some of your passions just beyond the baseball field? Oh man. Gosh. Kind of biggest thing. I mean, it's kind of sort of just again around the baseball field and everything, but I just like, I mean, I've been doing lessons and everything. I kind of like working with the younger guys going through the same thing that I went through um, in the process at a different level, but I like helping them out, talking to different guys. Um, But kind of more so just being around family and everything. When I'm not at the field, I like just being around the family, being being with my fiance, kind of just being doing that stuff takes your mind away from it and you need a break from baseball at times. Um, so it helps out big time. Um, but yeah, it's kind of hanging out with friends, family, um, kind of just being the, having the same old fun that you had in high school when you were at, whether it was basketball, football games, stuff like that, just hanging out, kind of being chill, I guess. Yeah. So what are some of your favorite things to do in Fort Wayne when you're back home? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was like, I don't do too much. I really just because I've been just doing lessons kind of. Um, mm, Thomas games, a big one. Um, those are enjoyable. I mean, you go for the game, but you you definitely stay for the fights. Yeah. Uh, but no, one of, one of our good friends is like a part owner for them. So it's nice to get in there and see some games and everything like that. Um, yeah, other than that, it's, I don't, I don't really do too much just cause I'm, I'm doing lessons and stuff like that and doing my own work. Gosh. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Yeah. So you say you're doing some lessons. I saw that you posted like maybe it might've been a month, two months ago that you were doing like a camp or like some lessons. Was that, has that already gone by? Yeah. So I did a couple, I did one camp, um, for a team that was based out of Huntington. Um, and then I did another camp in Michigan for a guy who he played professionally named Pat Mish. Um, he pitched for my dad at Western Michigan. And uh, so I went up there with my dad and we ran a catching camp for him. And uh, then I, I'm doing lessons on my own time that it's one, because my dad's renting out of the Ash Center. Um, he, we can't always get a cage yeah. so it's them whenever i can get a cage i just get a cage uh, so i've got a couple spots that i use um and kind of when i can fit the lessons into either my schedule um then that's that's where i can do it um, so yeah it's, it's it's nice to have and nice to do and i mean the money is nice but it's better i i'm not doing it more so for the money i'm doing it just because i enjoy if I'm not doing my own stuff, I'd rather be working with guys and helping them get to where, where yeah. I want to. Yeah. Um, 
and so that makes it nice and like I tell parents it's like I tell them they're they ask what my rate is I hey this is how much I charge and I mean if you want to split it with someone I don't care like I'm not trying to take your money there's organizations out there that they want the money it's like I don't care about the money like it's more so I just want to get these kids in and get them going and stuff like that then I mean pull your whole checkbook out um and that's that's not what that's not, not what baseball is about. That's what some what some organizations need to figure out. Um, but yeah, so I saw I, I'm kind of connected with the Old Fort baseball brand. So I'm, I, I see that you're a brand ambassador for them. So how exactly did that come about, and what exactly what is that? No, so it was kind of it was after draft. It was a couple of weeks. I was in Arizona, and uh, they followed me and everything. I'm like Old Fort, so I clicked on it. I'm like, okay, this is, this stuff's kind of cool. Like, I mean, they got the old Wizard Stadium stuff like that, and uh, I saw that again. Garrett Garrett Shanley followed them, and I text him like, do you know who this is? And he's no, but some the stuff's neat. So yeah, let's. I mean, let's message or like let's partner up or something. So we did, and uh, got the ball rolling in that aspect, and. so, yeah, no, it's a great – I mean, getting back to the history of Fort Wayne with baseball, um, kind of just showing the past for – I mean, not not too many kids nowadays know about the Wizards Stadium. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of just giving back and kind of showing the history of what all's been here and where the baseball in Fort Wayne started um, and where it can go to and stuff like that. So it's nice to see and nice to just be, out, be able to get the – stuff out there promote it um and kind of just for others to enjoy i guess you can say i've got him coming on the podcast i think in may um just talking okay. about how he started it like what the reasoning was but i re- <clears throat> like you said like they've got a lot of cool stuff i like the it's i think it's a black t-shirt with home plate with the 260 in the middle I oh really, yeah i really like that just because that's one of the logos that they they I love that logo. Because I'm like, I'm from a small town that's north of Fort Wayne, so my area code's still two six zero. So obviously, obviously, I'll, 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 I love that shirt. But oh yeah, um, no, they, uh, they, the, oh, it, the old fort. I've got the navy old fort one with the baseball in the center, and that's the other one I like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Have you done any other endorse like marketing or type of endorsement deals, partnerships with anybody else? Um, old fort. Um, I'm trying to think of endorsement wise there's a thumb pro um, that I did a little bit that wasn't more of an endorsement it's more of kind of just um, you're kind of working with them and you get some money if you get sales and stuff like that so I, I kind of got away from that a little bit what um, exactly is thumb pro it's like a thumb guard so when you're hitting it's um, kind of protects you from jamming your thumb, which everyone uses a pro hitter. It's just it wraps around your thumb more, um, and it, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those that's I I got caught up with everything, so I just didn't promote it and stuff like that. And I I'm not working like close with them like I am old for like um, mess with. Forge is a cool brand. See, obviously you got to work. With yeah. Them. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah, so they're, they're more of a, I guess, they just said, hey, here's this code, like, and you make whatever percent back, which with old four, like, I'm, I'm, I'll message him and stuff like that and um, kind of go from there. And I know he wants to do, do some pictures with Garrett and I, so it's one of those that's kind of, it's too successful, so you can't really, yeah. I, I want to make sure we keep that one. <laughs> yeah. So I got one last question for you before we end it off. Um, so what is your favorite restaurant in Fort Wayne and then your favorite adult beverage to go along with that? Oh man. Well, one of those I can't answer because I actually don't drink. Okay. Okay. I've never, I haven't had drink and that's people are going to say he's lying, but you can ask any, I, I don't. Um, favorite restaurant. Oh, mm-hmm non-health non like healthy i guess you could say would be either big eyed fish or pizza king okay pizza king pizza king's good i've yeah, not heard of the other ones but you got to go to the pizza king on oh i think it's swell street okay 
think um, that there's there's the good one. Um, but kind of health, I guess you could say healthier. Um, man, that's tough. Gosh, that's tough. No, I'd say those are my two favorite, I'd say. All right. All right. I guess I'll have to check out the – I haven't been to that Pizza King, so I guess I'll have to check that one out, and then I'll have to check the other restaurant out. Oh, big – you got to get the three pizza curly fry. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. I mean, you can only get it, like, once a week because, I mean, I usually do it with my dad, and it's like I'll work out for the whole week and everything. It's like, all right, I'm going to get up. Today's the day I can have my free day. And I'm like, I'm getting fish. And so we tell everyone this, hey, you got to go to Big Eye Fish. Like, it's amazing. Um, so, no, it's it's kind of like a family. We always, if we're out there and if we, all of us are out there, it's where, where should we go eat? It's Big Eye Fish or it's Pizza King. Um, but, no, it's, gosh, now it's seen, now it sounds like all we eat is crab. Um, those, are the, those are the best ones. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Hayden, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I can't wait to post this one. Um, obviously, I'm going to be following your career even more now. Hopefully, I'm able to. Hopefully, you get to Dayton. That way, I can watch you in Fort Wayne this year. Oh yeah. Um, so I just really appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate it. So uh, thank you. Absolutely, appreciate it. another great episode in the books i just want to thank hayden for coming on the show today a lot of great transparent content from him really enjoyed hearing about his college experience on going on to the pros uh make sure to tune in the rest of this week as i have nash wagner ahmad duff coming on the show both of those guys are alabama baseball commits nash is the number one player in the 2024 class here in indiana ahmad duff's here sitting at number two uh, both are indiana bulls black players going to be on the indiana bulls national team next year um, just some good guys. Uh, all three of these episodes are going to be available on YouTube, so make sure to check that out. Um, make, make sure to follow us on the social media at, at JKR underscore podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, just the JKR podcast on Facebook, also on LinkedIn. So make sure to give those a follow. Check us out on the website at www.jkrpodcast.com. Really appreciate your guys' support so far, so just keep that up, and I'll catch you guys tomorrow.